0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host Scotty McCoy and boy do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Ken Forey and he played multiple roles in various horror films, such as Joe Grizzly in Halloween uh, from 2007, Benny in Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Charlie Altamont in The Devil's Rejects, among many other credits he has to his name. And we have something we're going to be promoting today as well. How you doing, Ken?
1: Doing fine, Scotty. How about you, man?
0: I'm doing great. I'm so glad that you can join me. Uh, I I guess give everybody a back, uh, you know, little background about yourself, but let us know how did you get your start into acting?
1: Well, I started in New York off Broadway uh, and uh, strange story. I started, uh, I had been, I was involved in politics and uh, community work. I, as a matter of fact, I started at the Walter Reed organization okay. as an assistant manager for the Baronet and, and Cornet theaters yeah, yes. right across from Bloomingdale's in New York. Mm-hmm. So we opened a... Uh, uh, we opened The Exorcist and The Graduate at that, nice. that theater. Four, four lines around the block, four four deep. Great, great time, uh, great experience for me. Then I went over to the Fine Arts. I am the Fine Arts, I think it was, Fine Arts, yeah. We opened yeah. the producers with Zero Mostella and Gene Wilder. And um, from there, uh, to the festival where we opened uh, Deer Hunter, Mm-hmm. And from there to the mill where we opened the good, the bad and the ugly. So I moved around. I got to see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, great people. And, and we've had a few premieres. So I got to meet uh, Mel Brooks and Eli Wallach and uh, uh, Paul Newman, John Woodward and uh, awesome. a, a, a string of others. So it was a great time for me. So I, at that point I was in, you know, I did, I did that for a while and then, I started doing community work, getting about politics. And I opened a photography studio uh, with a partner of mine. And we were open about two months, and we lost every dime because of every every bit of equipment because someone broke in and robbed us. Uh, Broken when we weren't there, of course, and robbed us. And so in between that and that that shock and not knowing exactly where I was going to make the next turn in my life, was spending a day with an actress who I knew talking and having tea somewhere and and stopped by our house and and had more tea and talked more. (laughs) And we're having a wonderful, lovely day. She was just a friend, you know, and uh, he said, listen, I'm going to go down and audition for a role uh, downtown downtown Midtown, 42nd Street, really. And he said, "Uh, why don't you come with me and then we'll have something to eat afterwards. I said, great, let's do that. So I went down with her and then they were auditioning. I sat in the back. Somebody said, why don't you go up? I, said, I don't know, Dave, about this. I said, no, we just go up for some fun, man. And she said, yeah, why don't you go up? You're not doing anything anyway, you might as well. I said, okay, why not. And there were a lot of people coming. I mean, people could, could barely sing, sing happy birthday or say, you know, right. say their name. So I said, okay, why not? You know, I'll just go up and go a little kick. I got the leading off Broadway play. Nice, And that was the beginning. We uh, went, took it to the Manhattan Theater Club. I got great reviews there. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I uh, was uh, sawdust in my brain and I was in my nostrils and I was on my way. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that's a long story to get to how I started <laughs> becoming an actor. <laughs> what got me there but that's that's
0: I love hearing those stories and that's always the first question I ask all my guests because everybody's story always starts at a different place in a different location and some people have struggles and some people you know were born into acting and like I like hearing everybody's uh experiences breaking into filmmaking and acting it's really really interesting yeah. Um.
1: So I hope, was, I, I hope mine was one of them. Certainly. It, yeah. It was.
0: I absolutely enjoy hearing that story, and I I love Broadway. I love theater. I love watch. Love watching
1: Broadway, and it's just it means it's amazing. Amazing. Great. Great. And, and they're not working now, and it's, that's such a shame. But I I loved uh, you. Come on, the Broadway yeah. was there was something special. If you if you haven't been to a Broadway play. Yeah. Make it on you put it on your bucket list. Absolutely. I was at absolutely. my last
0: Broadway play in uh, December, right before Christmas. Uh, I was going to go to two. And one of them happened, and then the other one, that's when everything was getting shut down again because of COVID. But oh, I, saw absolutely. Aladdin, yeah. I saw Aladdin on Broadway, and uh, the the one that yeah. got closed down was the Michael Jackson one.
1: Oh, yeah. yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah but yeah. unfortunately. It's been, it's been a while, but I'm certainly going to get back and... As soon as we can open up and get uh, some normalcy in our lives, I certainly want to be back and 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 spend a couple of weeks just going to plays, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I'm a huge fan of Halloween um, and uh, mm. Rob Zombies definitely took it in a different direction. And I thought he did it really well because he made it his own. And uh, and you obviously had the role of uh, Joe Grizzly. And uh, I always love your uh, quote in that where you're like, it's Joe Grizzly, bitch. I love when you said that. I was so cool. Um,
1: oh, so terribly, terribly sorry. Sorry. I should have left this off. I didn't know. And, and I probably I, I probably get all of these crazy calls from You know, these people who want to to sell you life insurance or something. (laughs) Car warranty. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Let me put it in the drawer here. Maybe that will keep that quiet for a minute. Um, Yeah, Joe Grizzly. My goodness, my goodness. Let me tell you. There are so many things about that role. Shall I give you a little history with that? Yes, please do. Okay. Um, I knew... I, I. Rob told me about the role, and I said, and I, I looked at it and I said, oh, okay, so, you know, this is good. not that much to do, but I said, okay, there's something to do here. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it was, um, uh, there was a line there. That's one of my favorite lines in all film history, and that was, what we have here is the, they to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's the Struthers-Martins uh, line of Cool Hand Luke. And I said, "Oh God, I, I get to say that after Struthers, a Struthers Martin. I'm a fan of his, of his work. <laughs> Loves Struthers Martin. So I said, I, I want to do this. So, and then I said, Well, he's got to he get all of his clothing for me after this, and every Halloween movie he's going to be wearing my jumpsuit. So I'm his haberdasher. So, okay, okay, I'll do this. And it was, you know, I knew Rob would take care of me. Mm-hmm. So." About, I think, two weeks before the shoot, I was working out and preparing for you know because I'm I, I, I in those days I stayed in pretty good shape, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to be a little sharper you know so because yeah, I know the Tyler's a big guy we were tumble a little bit so I wanted to be on my A game so <laughs> I started working out and I twisted my knee for some I don't know why. And it was just, it was just pain, very painful. I was limping terribly, uh, it swollen a bit, mm-hmm. and I went to the emergency room and they said uh, to, listen i'm I need to do something about this." And they said, "No, we can't do anything about it, but you what you, you haven't broken anything, but uh, you're going to have to rest it for a couple of weeks, and it will be again to the swelling will subside and and you'll be able to uh, be back to normal in two or three weeks. I said, no, you don't understand. I'm fighting a seven foot guy in about two weeks and I need to this fix right away. And I can't. Uh, I can't be laid up. They said, "No, we, well, we're sorry, we can't do anything about that. You're really gonna have to rest it." But I said, "No, you don't understand. You're gonna have to do something with this me now <laughs> because I'm fighting it." They eventually called security and threw me out of the place. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, "Okay, I got it." So in the meantime, I had an appearance in um, Northern Cal, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Yeah, I got there, I'm, you know, really limping. I said, okay, I didn't have to do much, just sit there most of the time. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. But um, it was just a, 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 you know, a a pain just to be on my knee. You know, it was okay for a while in the morning, but in the afternoon, it started to And uh, I know a vendor that uh, we had had been at a few events together, and he was kind of friendly with me. And he said, let's give a party. Kenny, you got that big suite. I did have a big suite at the time. I said, yeah, why not? Let's give a party. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm going to be in the bedroom. But yeah, you you guys can give a party. Let's. let's, Why not use my suite? I don't know why I said that. I guess I was out of my mind. But I said it. And so we told everyone and he told everyone and then he bailed out <laughs> the son of a gun. <laughs> and so I was left holding the bag and I had a friend of mine, a female friend, I won't mention her name, but mm-hmm. um, she was an executive for one of the um, uh, networks. And she said, um, I said, where do I get some cheap liquor? You know, what is the a discount liquor store or something around here? <laughs> There's gonna be a hundred people here. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I can't feed all these. She said, it's called room service, Ken. I said, oh, really? Thank you very much for your help. <laughs> so, so I had to order room service. There were at least 60 people in that room, maybe. Um, uh, I stayed in my room and my leg up the entire time on the bed, people would come in occasionally to spend a few minutes with me talking, saying hello. And then they go drawing everyone else because they were, the liquor was was uh, flowing and the hors d'oeuvres were good. So they were eating and they were drinking and having a great time. Some guys got a little too drunk and they started to climb out. The, the roof was on the same level as my windows. So they climbed out and they started doing snow angels on the roof. Oh my God. It was in front of the hotel, so they started throwing snowballs at the security guys Mm who were standing out in front of the hotel. Wow. The only times I got up to go to the door was to sign for another cart of hors d'oeuvres and liquor. Or to answer the security man who were banging on the door, saying they're going to throw me out and put me in jail. If there's another snowball throwing throwing at them. So, oh my so that that was what, yeah, yeah. So so I leave there, I go come back to L.A. and um, three or four days later, I'm on Rob set. And Rob says, Ken, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to step in. Walk towards the mirror, do a spin, and come back towards the mirror and go, hey, nice, not, not bad, not bad. And I said, can't do it, my rob. And without missing a beat, he said, You hurt your knee, didn't you? I said, I said, Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get to pull that off in the scene, which would have been great if I could have done it, but I didn't do it. So um, and, you know, I go in and we start to shoot it and it's it's working well. It's, I, I, I felt it need a little, a little more fire in the rehearsal, so I had to pump it up a little bit. And I did. I was able to get a, a real tussle out of that, that fight. And uh, we um, broke two stalls. They were bolted into the floor. We tore, tore them both out. And the toilet, all as well, and we broke, we we destroyed everything in there. Nice, and it was a great, great scene. And Rob, from what I understand, now Rob may say something different, or he may say he didn't. I don't know. But people told me that Rob would, should would would have if someone came to visit the set, or someone came to work on the set the first day or something. He bring he bring him over to his uh, his chair, and he took his viewfinder and said, "Look at this! Look at this!" and show him my scene. So he must have liked it too. I think I think he, I think he very really appreciated that scene as well. So uh, and and I'm Joe Grizzly Bitch is almost as a, as an iconic line as uh, when there's no more room, and I won't finish that line. Never do. But the line from to of the Dead. It, it, yeah. I, I went to the UK on that line because people wanted to see me because I'm joking. I had people who work in insurance companies, mm-hmm. people who worked as uh, accountants and accounting firms, uh, people who worked in various office buildings anywhere, all over the city and in different cities. They would say, we listen. We come in in the morning, and and it's strange that I would hear the exact same thing from all of them. We come in in the morning, somebody will have a cup of coffee, somebody will grab a donut, and somebody will say, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. And then someone way in the back would say, no, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. And then everybody would start, I'm Joe (laughs) Grizzly, bitch, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. That thing went viral, and it still has, and people love that line. So yeah. I it's a long way of telling you that that line is very very special yeah. and people want that line. Yeah. I I would say equally they they ask for both lines equally, you know, nice. almost equally. Yeah. Nice. Well That's I awesome. grew, yeah, and I I don't do the other line, you know, I I, I leave that to the for the fans cuz I think they own that line not me. But yeah. um uh but Joe Grizzly, bitch, they just love it, man.
0: Yeah, I, I it's it. really to me, it's really iconic, and just your delivery for it is amazing as well. And it's like Michael didn't even give a shit about it; like he just he is like, okay, you're Joe Grizzly, I'm Michael Myers, and the tussle was on. It was great. Well, it was
1: on. It was, it was. It was on. I took a dive, but it was on. Guarantee yeah. it was now, definitely on.
0: Was that a real bathroom that that was filmed in, or was that like a set made up for the scene? It was a
1: set bathroom, as I remember, as I recall. Okay. But it looked so real. It did. I mean, I mean, there was both the 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 walls were were um, bolted into the floor. Nice. The Toilet seemed real, you know that kind of thing. I mean, everything seemed to be authentic. I I mean, you, you yeah. couldn't tell if it wasn't a real bathroom. If mm-hmm. you came, if you walked in the door and, and and wanted to go to the bathroom, you would walk in there because you thought right. it was real. It was that 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 authentic. That set design for you, but but um, yeah, but it was um, yeah. Joe Grizzly bitch was an ad lib. Okay. It just came. It just came.
0: Nice
1: in the moment in the moment. That's awesome. Um, you know, so, look Susie, I think I said look Susie or something like that. <laughs> Called okay, Gas yeah. Susie, look Susie or something. I was, I was, you know, I was determined right. to make, make, make a good fight, have a good fight with, this, with Tyler and, and, and we put and it, on the It show. really was because,
0: and it wasn't like, just like, you know, a small, large thing because it was, like you guys are, both were massive. Like it was a yeah. big fight. Like it worked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It worked. Um, I'm sorry, it didn't go on longer. I I thought we could, but but we broke. You know, it seemed quick, you know, too quick for me. But then, you know, as I look back and, you know, if I have to be realistic about it, we broke, we destroyed two two setups. So, you know, I mean, what else can we do? We had to stop. Absolutely
0: absolutely um so you were you did film uh, obviously the devil's rejects with uh, rob zombie as well um so did you notice a way of him directing you in the devil's reject and the way he directed you in halloween was there did he do anything different um how did he like like was there anything that he did the same if you know what i'm saying
1: rob pretty much gives me a little string you know he gives me a little rope, you know, he lets me, um, he, he, you know, I, I stick to the script as much as possible and uh, every line, uh, but you know, occasionally he'll let me go off and say, Adley, I'll be a little bit here and there. So so he, 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 he does that. I, I, I didn't do that much in Devil's Rejects. I did in Halloween uh, quite a bit in, in the fight. Mm-hmm. um he um the difference in the direction no he always directs me so he says sometimes he says i don't even know what you're going to say anyway so do it whatever you're <laughs> going to do <laughs> so, nice. and, uh, it, and it works you know i mean you yeah. come up with something and, and it works then who's who, who's upset about that you know and that's right. that's the purpose of uh uh, collaboration and then film right. work between a, a director and an actor you know you absolutely sometimes like, an actor comes up with something that's supposed to bring something to the plate and mm-hmm. if, if it's if it makes the the character uh more interesting and certainly the the film or uh, right because it helps helps the, the project <laughs> and there's, there's something you want to see and everybody okay. and the director is not going to have a problem with that absolutely
0: Absolutely. So, did you have to do any choreography for your fight scene with uh, Tyler?
1: Just I, it was too. It, it was really too close. We right. <laughs> to, I mean, we were right in each other's chest. Right. So it was just grab the knife, you know, mm-hmm. grab the knife, go at him with the knife, grab me, yeah. grab me, and let him, uh, let him eventually. Mm-hmm. Wo- get the knife out of my hand and stab me. So it big, yeah, it, it yeah, you know, it, no, it, you couldn't, it, there, was, it, I, there was nothing to do. I mean, it's basically, okay, yeah. Ken, you take out the knife, you go after him, <laughs> he grabs, you guys struggle with the knife. Uh, oh, okay. uh, he gets the knife out of your hand, he stabs you, and that's it. You know, right. So that, that that was basically it. So it was too, it's not like a, if you have some room and you're doing a stunt and mm-hmm. if he had to, to pick me up and throw me, mm-hmm. then that might be another issue. If there was room, right. you know, pick me up and throw me or, 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 or turn me upside down. If I had to do the same to him, something yeah. like that, or we have a little more room to to do a more elaborate mm-hmm. stunt. Then, then we'd have to kind of work that out but Absolutely. it wasn't that it wasn't that you know it was, it was kind of okay guys just go for yourselves and don't 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 hurt each other you know
0: but, <laughs> yeah. right and we know you you obviously are a horror film icon um so what do you believe is like the hardest part working as an actor in a horror
1: movie the hardest part working as an actor in a horror movie yeah I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any difference between working in a horror movie and a drama. I mean, I mean, the reality is that you're dealing with. Uh, uh, there's, you are a person that something horrible happens to. Mm-hmm. So you're a normal person. There's right. no. There's no. You know, I don't think you have to make any any adjustment in your in your acting. Mm-hmm. You have to make strong choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to the, the, the scene and, and the character and what and what's going on, and what yeah. emotions are unnecessary. But basically, you know, it's it's like any other film. You know, mm-hmm. you, make, you make your choices, and you and you and you give it your all, and you uh, and you you know see where it takes you. Sometimes you you hit some most magical moments, no matter what mm-hmm. what kind of genre you in, you know. Absolutely. Even in comedy, even in episodic or in serious drama, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, awesome. And I know you have another uh, film coming out. I know you wanted to talk about it a little bit. Do you want to let everybody know about this project? Oh, well, I've,
1: no, I've got, well, you know, I will tell you an interesting story, and I've, right. I've told this story for, for a bit, I'm going to tell you a real interesting story. Um, I've got I've got a film, that, first of all, I've got a film on Netflix called John Henry. That is another story altogether. <laughs> Let me tell you, have we got some time here? Yes, we do. We got as much time as you need. Okay, okay. I'm going to give you some stories, okay, because this this is, I, I never get tired of telling this one. I'm totally, you know, the fans will probably get tired of, tired of hearing it, but I'm telling the same story. <laughs> but, um, John Henry got some pretty, uh, strong reviews in terms of, they they were pretty, pretty hard on the, the production the writers, the directors, that kind of stuff, they were hard on them. And, um, the actors too, I guess. And, uh, so we, you know, n- nonetheless, we played on Netflix and we stayed at the, in the top 10 for the first week, week and a half, the top 10. Films that, that are, have high budgets, get five-star ratings, get great reviews, don't stay in the top 10 for over a week in Netflix. This did for some reason. And... I did the same thing in Europe as well. Okay, I got on a plane going to uh, the Midwest, and I, you know, I think it was TWA, not TWA, one of American or TWA. That really dates me, American <laughs> or or um, uh, Delta. And they had about seven or eight films. It wasn't, you know, they had a lot of films to watch. And I wanted to watch film. I wasn't going to read anything. I said, Let me just relax. And they had John Henry there, so this thing just floated everywhere. Right. It got, the reviews were just not not pleasant. Mm-hmm. So, Variety gave it a review, a review as well. You know, mm-hmm. Same, they, they followed the, 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 the same uh, guidelines as the, as the other reviewers and gave it a pretty horrible review. Mm-hmm. Variety called the producers and said, listen, we'd like to talk to you about your big mega hit on Netflix. <laughs> so they called the producers and they put out another review. What a great film it was. <laughs> Just because we on Netflix for 10, maybe 10 days. Oh my goodness. You know, you know. So after they had wow. canned it. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. Only in Hollywood, my friend. Only, Only in Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Only in Hollywood. So that's John Henry. It's still playing Netflix. I play a very interesting character, a very a crazy character, a strange, uh, OG as they call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so a lot of people would like to probably would uh, enjoy that character. Yes. Uh, I have another one on Amazon called the Rift that we, we mm-hmm. shot years ago in Serbia. That's on Amazon. That's still streaming there. Uh, but let me just go to this other. I uh, in nineteen, and I guess this is what you call coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go any further in terms of you know comparing it to anything else because I don't want to get mister, uh, mystical, you know, get a mystical kind of thing. And all. You know, get know, um, get into something that I don't really want to share, uh, people don't want to hear. You know? right. <laughs> so I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you, um, 1975, I get a call. So they say, would you come over to United Artists? I said, well, who is this? And they said, and said, well, who wants me to come to United Artists? I think someone was telling me, I think an agent, who I knew or something I'd just gotten, I didn't have, I think I'd just gotten an agent and they said, they want to see a United Artists okay. What, United Artists film? Mm-hmm. So I walk over to United Artists film in New York. Mm-hmm. And I go, I meet mean, a gentleman by the name of Chris Mankowitz and Anna Navarro, okay. a woman in Mar- Anna Navarro, very nice people. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're, consi- we're looking for you, we're considering you for a film we're, we're going to produce. And we, we, we have ready. We're going to shoot. and uh, we, But we need to see a reel on you. you have a reel? I said, no, I don't have a reel. Oh, gee, we really we need to see something on you. I said, well, listen, come down to my acting class. I'm doing The Great White Hope. I'll see for The Great Hope, White Hope today, tonight. And you can see me there. Oh no, we don't have time. We don't have time. I said, no, come on, come down, please. You'll get to see me. You get to see me live. You don't have to look at a reel. Come down and see me. Now we don't have time. Listen, this is only taking a few minutes, and then you can leave. You don't have to stay or meet anybody. They said, okay, okay, we'll come down. They came down. They watched the scene. They motioned me out to meet them in the lobby. I went out and met them in the lobby. They said, meet us in our office at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I got there at eight. They got there at ten. So, so, so uh, they. I'm sitting there, and they tell me that I'm gonna play. They they they're looking at me and considering me, and they're considering an um, uh, actor in the West Coast at the time by the name of Dick Anthony Williams. Dick Anthony Williams. Do you know the film The Jerk? It sounds familiar. C. Martin. Steve yes, Martin. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was in a black family there. He was, okay. yeah, he was raised by a black family. Well, the guy that plays his brother, the tall guy, yep. guy, that's Dick Anthony Williams. The Dick okay. Anthony Williams has been in much more than that. But that's the only thing I can pick up right now. Okay. Anyway, they were considering Dick Anthony Williams on the West Coast to me on the East Coast. They said, we really like you, and we saw what you could do last night, and we think you are, you're the man we want. They said, you have to take a screen test, and, but we're, we're sure you'll be fine. And we, 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 we can guarantee you, we, we, want it. we want work with you. I said, okay. So they said, you're going to play the role of Crispus Attucks, the first man killed in the American Revolutionary War. And I said, oh, okay. And they said, your co-stars will be John Gilgood, Sir John Gilgood, and Sir Trevor Howard. Oh. Now, these are going to be co-stars for me. Okay. You're going to shoot it in Boston, um, in the UK, and Boston, the UK, and Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. So, one, they're telling me this. There are people from Jamaica coming in, set designers, location people hmm. from Jamaica talking. I know this is real They they're, they're really you know they're ready to, to shoot this this is going to happen this, is, you know, this is, is it in development this is really you know yeah. these people are ready so they said um you're going to be a major star you're going to go around and publicize this all over the, all over the country maybe all over the world you're going to um, um you, you're going to be you're, it's going to change your career Going to, you're gonna be are you ready for this I said absolutely mm-hmm. and so they said okay we'll, uh, we'll we'll call you in a couple of weeks we have to go to LA we're gonna we're gonna uh, work uh, we've got some financial some final financial things I'll tie those up and then we're gonna we'll call you back you come out and have your screen test and we'll be way. So I said, okay. And I left there. I, I got in the elevator and I went, ah, bizarre, bizarre. Went, Oh, God, my day. I'm, I'm going to be a star. My God. John Gilgood and Trevor Howard are, are, are God, these are talking about icons. Yeah. Oh my God, these guys, Jesus. So anyway, <laughs> so, okay. So a couple weeks passed, and I said, gee, nobody's called. Third week, I said, oh, boy. So I went around to the Yankee office building. I went up. I think the guy's name was Irving Kratzner. He's a producer. I can, I've i got to get his name right. I'm not, maybe not his name But he did, he did quite a few, uh, he did a lot of work. I, I've got to get his name right because I'll tell the story and I, I hate to stumble here. Anyway, it was, they were his, they, his officers. They, had, they, were, they said, Well, they were using our officers. I said, I understand that. I said, Have you heard from them? They said, No, we haven't heard from them, but they're out in LA. I said, would you give them a message for me that I would, I just by, you know, would they give me a call and I'd like to know what's going on. They said, sure, we'll pass it on. I gave my number and I left. A couple of days later, they called me and they said, uh, the tax laws had changed that year. And if you look it up, you'll, 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 you'll verify this, uh, that Half the films that were slated to go at Green Lights during that year went south. And Christmas Addicts was one of them. Wow. Yeah. That was the end of my big break right there. So, anyway, my family and my hometown, Mm -hmm. uh, 1922, the Klan, in Indiana, was Indiana took to the clam like uh, ducks to water, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but if, if you watch anything on the History Channel or A&E or something, and they talk about uh, hate groups, and they talk about the Klan and where it was popular, they always stop in Indiana to give you a little picture of that, of Indiana as well. I don't know why, but they do. Well, I know why, because the, the Klan infested it. They, 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 they seem to find it a nesting ground there. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. they decided that they didn't want, and they controlled the politicians and school boards, police departments, the governors. They said, we don't want these black uh, teenagers in all our white high schools. Mm -hmm. There are too many of them now. It's becoming a little bit of a problem. We don't want that miscegenation going on around with our kids. So we want to make sure that we get them out of there and uh, put them in a school uh, where they can be isolated with their own people. So they built this high school in 1927, finished construction called Christmas Attics High. Oh. My family went to Christmas Attics. My mother and her uh, siblings were there, all the five of them. My father and his siblings, all eight of them. Everybody, every African-American in that city uh-huh. at one point in the early days, Went to Crispus Attucks High, Mm. so generation after generation after generation after generation, graduating class after graduating class after graduating class. All of those people knew each other, married each other, knew sisters, knew the brothers. You know, my brother went to school with your brother. My, uh, my was in class with your brother. My sister graduated with your sister. And wow. you know, that kind of thing. They just knew it was, you know, everybody knew each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, years after people had graduated and married, uh, uh, they would spot their children out there and they would tell you who your mother and father were because they went to school with them when they were dating. So they know they can look at you and tell you you're the you're the child of of Betty Sue and and Joe Blow because we we know yeah so yeah how you know you yeah, look just like them you know and they they went, it was a strange situation for a school to. To uh, from uh, a Midwestern school of that a Midwestern town of that size to have a school, the population as large as that to have all of those African Americans in one school, right. for so many generations, so many graduating classes. Anyway, so it's very close to me. I know about it. I, I didn't go there. I went to Catholic schools, but I know about it. I I, I know so much about the history of it. I. I you know, I know more about addicts than I know about my schools, you know, because I, everybody I knew was there. I was part of right. the community. It's part of everybody that was around me. You know, they, I mean, there, there were other schools. There were there were other things going on. There. Certainly some, some some Blacks went to Catholic schools and that kind of thing. Yeah. But basically, Crispus Addicts High School was huge. It is a historical landmark. There have yeah. been documentaries on it. Uh, One by uh, PBS by uh, Oh, I can't think of name. Ted, Ted. Can't think of anyway, but, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, uh, Spike did a 20-minute documentary on, on Oscar Robinson Christmas Christmas High School. Uh, there have been journals and, 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 and articles written about it. It, it is a, It's still a high school, mm-hmm. and they're still producing great, great uh, uh, students and you know yeah. academics are, are very high there as well. But it was—it's—it's it's probably the most one of the, if not the most one of the top uh, um, ballyhooed high schools in the history of the United States. Nice, so yes. now I'm here in California years later, acting, and I'm writing. I'm and in between. I'm. I'm teaching basketball with kids that are 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 years old, okay. in between jobs. I just you know, enjoyed doing it. I, I was very good at it. Okay. And I like to see the lights come on in their heads when they got something. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I did enjoy teaching them. So I'm teaching, I'm coaching basketball. And one of the kids' uh, fathers was a writer. Mm-hmm. And we started writing a little Thing together, a little, uh, low, low budget action adventure thing called uh, mm-hmm. Crackdown of Burning Heights. and he moved to Jersey, and so I would send him some ideas, and he would send me, you know, pages of the script. Mm-hmm. So someone saw me writing the ideas, and he said, "Oh, you write, you, you, you're a good writer. Why are you writing? You're a good writer. You should write alone." Uh, I said, "Okay."
0: And I'm not, gonna, I'm not listening
1: to this, but they kept at me and kept at me. And the people that were telling me this were executives from, from a major network. Yeah. We'll stop by, they stopped by, picked it up, saw me writing, said, yeah, picked up what I was writing, said, you're really good. You shouldn't be. You should write. By anyway, Eventually, they kept bugging me about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK, I'm going to write something. I said, what do I write? I said, well, I'm going to write something. I, I didn't take them serious. So I thought, I said, just to get them off my back, I said, I'll write something. <laughs> and I started, I said, well, why don't I write about addicts where Christmas addicts, but my family went to school. My family has a, 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 a slew of strange names, Nanny Bell, Newton, Canotis, uh, just, just unusual names in the family. So I said, I'll use their names. I, I'll, I'll give them all a 30-page little script with their presents for Christmas, okay. and it'd be happy Christmas. Look what I wrote for you. Uh, look what okay. about Addicts. Hope you enjoy that too and laugh, you know? <laughs> well, I started writing. And 300 and some page later, <laughs> pages later, I said, what have I done? What do I, what I have here? I have a six-hour limited series mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Christmas Addicts High School. Nice. It's history. And finally, I had to start doing research. I had to go back to Indianapolis and, and interview people. I had to listen to all the re and re revisit the the old wives' tales and some of the stories I grew up with. I had to talk to just a lot of people and, and, and read read books on the Klan and on, on Indiana basketball and on addicts and I got and I put together this six-hour limited series on Christmas addicts high school. And That's what I'm trying to push right now. So I'm, I'm um, in the in the process of moving that. I had you know, when, after I finished the 300 some of my pages, people said, this is one of the best scripts that they've ever read. They've ever read. Right. These are executives from major men networks and I kind of have to give them credence and look at them with some seriousness and say, mm-hmm. okay, I respect your opinion. But on the other side, I was saying, you know, when the door was closed, I said they must be out of their mind. I've never read anything in my life. This is a a fluke of anything. So I said, let me try to do, so I I said, let me try to write something in another genre. So I wrote a comedy called Limo Inc. I wrote, I finished the action adventure thing with the guy called Back Down to Birmingham Heights. I I did a, I did a, uh, wrote a zombie script. And um, I have another script now that's a serial killer script that I'm also pushing from, I think a serial killer from the age of five to uh, the adolescence and then his teenage years and his adult years and I follow him all the way through. It's similar to Halloween. I didn't mean for it to be, but it, it has that kind of a psychiatrist in it that, that kind mm-hmm. of chases after the guy because he made a mistake of not recognizing him as a yeah. crazy person, as, as a nut. He was five when he was eight and they should have it. And it's just, it's just a very dark and very interesting and very and and it's, and it's 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 and I from what I understand from all of these experts and people who are you know dealing with scripts every day, that it's as good as anything they've ever, they, they ever comes across their desk. So that's what I'm doing. You ask me what I'm doing, I'm doing that. I have some films that are supposedly coming up this summer. I'm not sure, I'm not gonna say. Until it's I'm, I I uh, have signed letters of intent, but I don't know until they get you know until they, it's it's real. When I'm on the set and the and the and the check uh, pass gets uh, clears, then I will announce it. <laughs> okay. Yep.
0: Absolutely, and you have my email, so uh, whenever any of those films come out or whatever you're working on, uh, send me an email and I'll promote it for you. Abs- be-
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, Absolutely, I certainly will. I certainly yeah. will. You, I'd be you, more than happy to promote from. all that for you. Yeah, I got um, got a new webpage going up. Awesome. I've had a webpage in 20 years. Now I'm going to put up a new one. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm um, becoming very active on social media, which is something... I really was not, it wasn't quite what I wanted to do, but right. I, I found that I, I enjoyed a little bit more than I, I did in previous years, so I'm starting to do that a lot. So I have a Twitter account, uh, uh, TheRealKin4A, and okay. then I have um, an Instagram account, Kim 4 a8 not Kim okay. 8 and on Facebook. So I'm oh, in so all of those and probably about linkedin and (laughs) slater
0: (laughs) i'll I'll check if i'm following you on instagram i have four accounts on most accounts i have my actor author page my slasher scotty page my production company gravestone films page and my other podcast to the movies so i'll follow you on all four accounts as well and i can also promote that for everybody to follow
1: okay great 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 bring them in so we're we're we got some things coming on the web on the web page in the next. but awesome. put launching the web page, I guess, in about three, about two to three weeks at the most, and then we're gonna then we're gonna have some things that that I'm gonna let you know about. It's gonna be, I think, it's gonna be, interesting, experimental, and yeah. uh, hopefully we're gonna. We're going to do something nice for the people that are coming behind us, you know, just uh, a helping awesome. hand, passing it along, you know.
0: That'd be awesome. And I definitely look forward yeah. to seeing that myself. And uh, like yeah. I said, you got my email. So whenever you want me to promote it and plug it, I'll be more than happy to.
1: Hey, You got it. You got awesome. it. You got it. So yeah. so so what other questions you got for me now that you let me run my mouth <laughs> and just yak, 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 yak and self-publicize, you know myself and all that stuff but right. but those are the, you know i i find that if 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 fans want to know not only what i did in 1978 mm-hmm. or 19 when i'm being along came out but basically <laughs> most of the fans want to know what i did in 1978 with Donald the dead Then they should know what I'm doing now and what's Mm. going on with my life now. I think they should be. I think absolutely. I think it's a better it's a better experience if they know who I am absolutely as opposed to what they see on the screen as well.
0: Yep. And some people that I interview they have nothing to promote, and other people have stuff to promote, and I'm more than happy to help them plug any other stuff coming up social, whether it's social media and websites film books yeah. anything because yeah. i mean we're all in you know we're all you know we're not just that we're in the entertainment industry we're also humans and we're also you know making a living and you know you wouldn't know about this like i wouldn't have known about this project if i didn't have you on and i'm glad that you reached out to me to have you on and i'm more than honored to do it big fan of yours.
1: thank you thank you and 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 those those are the, those are the things i'm going yeah, to but the other is also who am i after yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Who am right. I after the the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties? Yeah. You know who's sitting in front of you now? What's he doing? Right. What's he about? You know that's that's yeah. something changed. And surprisingly enough, the Attic story, you know, from the beginning with John Gill, Good, and those mm-hmm. guys. I mean, that's you know, talk about coincidence. Yeah, talk about coincidence. You know, yeah. I mean, just why pick me for that role for that right. that title? Yeah. And for that school that's so important mm-hmm. in my family's life, mm-hmm. I'm in New York. This is my that school in yeah. Indiana. <laughs> you know, <Yep>. you, know <laughs> that, you know, And then years later, just out of a whim, mm-hmm. I write something, and it happens to to be uh, good enough to to, to uh, submit to to major networks at this point. Yep. Absolutely. On the same subject, why? How do you do that? I mean, is that is that? I, I tell you. I did a film, okay, you want another story?
0: Yeah, One sure, minute. go
1: ahead. Black History Month, okay? Yeah. So, I did another I did another film called Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. Thanks. That was my first major film. That was in for Universal. That was in 75, maybe, 74. And Bingo Long um, was... Yeah, I, 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 I was doing off Broadway. So the the director was John Badham, Saturday Night Live, uh, War Games, John yep. Badham, director. Yep. Um, Rob Cohen, I think, um, what's it with the cars, the fast cars,
0: the, 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 the
1: series, the um,
0: Fast and the Furious. Yes. Yes.
1: Rob Cohen <laughs> was producer. got to call Rob. I got to find Rob and tell Rob. I got a guy behind him It reminds me of Richard. Well, he's the producer. And um, um, my grandfather was from Macon, Georgia. My grandmother as well. And he used to take us, but he was in Indianapolis. And I, I, I never knew anything about Macon except that they were from there. Right. Uh, he uh, used to take me and my other two cousins, that were boys, uh, to baseball games at the Victory Field. They had a minor league team there, a okay. farm team for the Cubs at one time, or the mm-hmm. Red Sox or something like that, you know, in Indianapolis. And he would take us to, to the baseball games all the time because he loved baseball. Yeah. And then when the Negro leagues came, he loved the Negro leagues as well. They called them the Negro leagues in those days, mm-hmm. and. He and every year there was a group of baseball players called the Indianapolis Clowns. Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Clowns were the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Nice. They were really funny. They, nice. they were hilarious. I they loved the you be, too. So you like, wouldn't believe what the Indianapolis Clowns did. I think that's awesome. <laughs> imagine <laughs> just imagine a baseball team doing the same stuff. Yes. Oh they goodness. were outrageous. And they were there. They, the Indianapolis was their home port. And nice. they were there twice a year, I think. We would see nice. them all the time huh? as a kid. So, years later, my first film I get uh, John Badham and Rob Cohen come mm-hmm. to New York, and I'm in a film, I'm in a play, and they see me and uh um, of Vernon, Vernon, I forget Vernon's name, Vernon Johnson or something like that. But we were in a play and we played heavies and they were looking for a couple of heavies for, for their film. And so they contacted me and I got the job to go down to Georgia and work with Billy D. Williams, James O. Jones, Richard Pryor. Stan Shaw, Tony Burton, yeah. and as a, a cast of everybody you can think of. I mean, just just there, there were so many impressive people coming through just doing little cameos. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. So, anyway, <laughs> so we're, we're down there and we're in Macon, Georgia. Nice. And this is about the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. And guess who the team consists of besides James Earl Jones, Billy D. Wheels. Uh, of Richard Pryor and Stan Shaw and Tony Burton, Ooh. the Indianapolis clowns. Oh,
0: nice! Nice
1: in my grandfather's hometown.
0: That's awesome. That is so cool.
1: My first film,
0: nice. That is really cool. And then look at the career you like made for yourself, like, you know. <laughs> And it all starts with there, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: awesome. This, my grandfather making the Indianapolis Clowns, Negro Leagues, baseball to addicts, Christmas addicts, playing Christmas addicts. Yeah. Uh, Addicts High School then been writing a screenplay about Addicts that is, nice. that is uh, recognized as being very good. And it, it maybe, really does. Hopefully, we'll get a shot. You know, I mean, you know, some things you got to say, uh, there must be a, a something, someone, you know, guiding, you know, yep. somebody. Sometimes we have an angel on the shoulder,
0: yep. you know. Yeah. You know.
1: I don't want to get crazy about that because, you know, people don't like to hear that. And I understand because, you know, a lot of people don't believe in angels and they don't believe in God. I have my dad as
0: an angel. He passed away in August of last year. He had brain cancer for five years and he just passed away in August. And, uh, It was hard and it still is. And my dad, listen to this now, my dad, uh, I made my first book was the ultimate Friday the 13th trivia book. And then I made the ultimate Halloween trivia book. And my dad pushed me so hard to get Jamie Lee Curtis to write the forward to that book. And I'm like, Dad, she's not going to even give me a second eye. Well, guess what? I got Jamie Lee Curtis to write the forward to that book. So, angels watching. He was alive at the time, obviously, but the fact he's always been my biggest supporter, like, I believe 100% that it could be, it's
1: angels are real. Let me tell you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you and I both <laughs> believe that they're, that, that even if they passed, yeah, they're still there. Yes. They're still there. Absolutely. And they're still doing something for you. And that was, I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I wish my grandfather had been alive yeah. when I did Big O Long. You know, yeah. so I could say, "Hey, oh, hey, look mm-hmm. what's happening." Yeah. I wonder what mm-hmm. his reaction would be.
0: Absolutely, yeah,
1: you know, yeah, I, so, I, you know, yeah, I, 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 you now you know, most of you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. that are going to watch this will <laughs> look at you and I and okay. say, "These guys are off the rocker." They're gonna go. Puh, puh. Yep. <laughs> say, yep, absolutely.
0: That, my dad even said the same thing about my podcast. This podcast, he said, like, I mean, I don't get many views on the YouTube version because the YouTube I just started about a year ago. But I, when I first started this podcast um for the audio, like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that, I would end up getting maybe a hundred views a month. But when I started doing films with my company and making films and starting interviewing people in the indie, indie industry as well as the bigger name stars, my I, now I get about 25,000 view, uh, listens a, a day. Twenty five thousand listens a day on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Not nearly as many on on YouTube. But when I I look at my uh, my analytics on a day, like almost every night before bed, I'll see like, oh my god, that's something I got yesterday. Like that's really cool. Like how it became something. It became something. It's amazing.
1: And you probably needed that encouragement. Mm-hmm. That that. Um, Yeah, there are certain things in your life that probably you you could probably I could probably switch places with you and you could probably tell me some very interesting stories as well. I have some pretty pretty good ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I just I got a a, I got an uh, email um, back in December that they wanted that this uh, retirement home wanted me to do a story on the book I wrote about my dad's battle of brain cancer. It was a New York Times bestseller, and uh, they asked me to do a do a like a little presentation for them. And I just did that presentation this past Thursday. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like life, like, like it takes, like, I always tell everybody, like, especially those that are starting it, it, it takes one movie to make your career. It takes one book to get you noticed. It takes one podcast to, you know, one podcast idea to get people to really listen and make that something they want to listen to when they're working or driving.
1: The advice is to be ready for it and recognize it when yep. it happens. Exactly. Because,
0: yep, you can make three movies and they're all floss, but the next one you make is the one that hits.
1: That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. And you don't know who is watching, who you're meeting, yep. who you're going to, who is. is, yep. is is just doing something that uh, you don't consider maybe, maybe it's a secretary, maybe it's yeah. a runner, maybe it's a coffee yeah. getter, maybe yeah. it's somebody that's uh, doing yeah. something that, that is uh, technical, a tech person, there's that's not even a major tech person. Right. But if you don't treat them all and, yeah. and develop those relationships, yeah. you'll miss out. I, and I can tell you, I can tell you, I, you know, I have, I'm an example of what not to do. So I know I got plenty of experience. Let me tell you, if you're starting this business, yeah. be, be, remember to develop the relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, Did you I happen to work with King D. Wallace
0: on Halloween. on
1: Halloween? Huh? Did you happen to work with D. Wallace on Halloween? Uh, I never worked with it on Halloween, but I know there was D. Wallace, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I know she was in the 2007, but I know you didn't have any scenes together, so I didn't know if you ever saw her backstage or like behind the scenes or anything.
1: Oh, I I D. Wallace and I used to do every year for nice. many years a costume contest where we nice. would MC nice. in Baltimore, nice. Maryland. Uh, Funny enough, yeah. I live in Baltimore. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It, it was um, um, where, where, where are they putting on? Um, uh, Monster Mania around there uh area. Hunt Valley. Hunt Valley. Yep. Hunt Valley used to be where um Horrifying was nice. Horrifying. F-I-N-D. Horrifying was the best convention mm-hmm. in nice. the country nice. at its time. In this in this heyday in, when it was in Hunt Valley. Mm-hmm. It and and not because it was the largest mm-hmm. or it had the best guests or that kind of thing, because it was such a great location. Yep. And they had mm-hmm. it was family run mm-hmm. and they had a great time. It was it wasn't in it didn't seem like it was in a, a, a big industrial right. machine moving people out and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are all great. Yeah. You know? One of my favorites and one of my homes is Chiller in New York. Nice. Chiller in New York. Huge place. Nice. Great place. I love Kevin. You know, Kevin yeah. Kevin and I go back. He put up <laughs> with a lot of crap for me. And he's, he's, nice. he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I love nice. him, man. Yeah. But uh, uh, they get 30,000, 40,000 people coming through there, I guess, nice. you know, at Chiller. Nice. And uh, is one of the major ones as well. You know, I love love Chiller as well as Monster Mania. I don't go to, I don't right. do Monster Mania that much. No, I don't I've done it, but I've only done yeah. it. I've I've gone to Monster Mania once. So I, I mm-hmm. but I, but but it's a huge it's a huge success. I know the know yeah. the um, the um, uh, the promoter, the I guess the owner of the of, of the show, mm-hmm. and so there were many great shows around the country, nice. but horrifying was something special and Dee Wallace and I did a costume contest every year every year and that contest was the best it was a it was it was beyond I can't tell you it was more fun because Dee and I would have we'd have I don't know if Dee had drinks I certainly had a few drinks I know that mm-hmm. I know that I got a few of the guests that have drinks doubles, yes. and we would start to just interview people as they came up with the costumes, and it was mm-hmm. it was a room that was packed, nice. but comfortable, and the audience was into it, and the panel, the judges were into it, and the okay. people who were were the con, uh, contestants mm-hmm. were, and it was a very popular show, and we did that 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 contest that contest was very popular we did that for i think d and i did that for 10 years
0: nice that's awesome yeah um march uh this upcoming march next month mark will mark three years since i had her on my show i had her on in 2019 Ah. great great lady it's funny because when i I reached outdoors she agreed to do the interview and everything and um and then Mm. Uh she sent me a message. Um, Scotty, I I have um I got called to set. I was wasn't supposed to be on set, but I got called to need me on set. So, but I'm not gonna postpone this interview because I promise you that I, I promised you and I don't break my promises, I would do this interview. So when I get to set, I'll give you a call. Because before I did it all on Zoom and everything. She's like, I'll I'll do the interview when I'm in hair and makeup, but you got 30 minutes. She gave me 45.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, she's uh Amazing. She's a stellar lady. She's an all yeah. right lady. I, I like Dee. I like Dee a lot. Absolutely.
0: You know, we always are
1: friendly with each other, and we and we mm-hmm. we. Known each other, I guess, for over 20 years now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, I thank you so much, Ken, for joining me. I had amazing I had an amazing time. I love listening to your stories. Um, and just hearing everything from your set on Halloween to the attic and all that different stuff that you were talking about. Like it really is I learned so much about you as a person, not just you as an actor, but as a person. And that's what these interviews are really meant to be as well.
1: Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll be in touch. You know? Absolutely. We'll be in touch Scotty. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll send
0: you, I'll have these up sometime today and I'll uh, send you the links once I got them. All right.
1: I had a great time, man. Yeah. I'll Me see too. You, soon, you have huh? a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye. You too. Talk to you, Scotty.